Welcome to the Mediators Podcast. I'm Dan Vatabonker. And I'm Kenton Larson. And if I sound a little bit different and you did not listen to Star Wars Nerds last week, uh, that's because I am back on campus. I am here today testing out all our equipment for our students who will not be back in person. Uh, Kenton, how are you? You've been back on campus recently too, haven't you? I went back uh, once and uh, to drop some, drop off my chair, my work chair. Oh, yeah, I, I forgot about that. Yeah, which I, which I, uh, it's just, it's on wheels. It's heavy. It's it got sort of cumbersome having it at home. So I, I brought it back to school along with some, uh, some recycling. <laughs> and uh, what else? I don't, I don't really know what it was. Oh, I know what I was doing there. I had an appointment across the street at Canadian Footwear. They're not paying us. They're not a paid sponsor. Oh yeah, um, because because I was picking up my custom orthotics. Thank nice. you very much. So yeah, so I went there and it was uh I have nothing to get ready. So I'm not sure what what why are you getting it ready even though the students aren't coming back? Uh, well, they are because they are allowed to come back. Last semester it was very strict about people not being on campus and they're very you know um, locking it down pretty much. But now they're they're much more open to students being here. I think and and so of course our our college announced last week that uh, everyone on campus has to be double vaccinated or fully vaccinated. So um, once the, once you've kind of shown that you're vaccinated, you can kind of come and go. I think this is how it's going to work. I don't know. We don't really have to worry about it necessarily. But I want to give students the option to use these edit suites because it is like it is the professional equipment that they're kind of paying for with their tuition. Like this is this is you know it's a it's a professional microphone and mixer and all in an edit suite with soundproofing and they can't necessarily recreate that at home and i found there was some difficulty last year with students trying to do this stuff at home so i'm i'm making sure that this stuff's available to them and if they want to come down and do their assignment here they're absolutely welcome to and i i'm and then as we go through the semester, I suspect that more and more we'll be getting on campus. I'm also relaunching the co- college radio station, Red River Radio, um, so students can come and create content for that as well. That's going to be a few weeks away. Uh, um, our tech guy is still working on the, the live stream stuff, but that's so my my you know our students still have to be home for classes. My goal is to get them onto campus for other things because they would normally like if this was a normal year, they would be doing these things anyway alongside their camp their classes. So that's my that's my uh, plan. So it's uh, it's legit. So I didn't realize the students could come back when they're not in class, that they could come back and 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 work in the facility and all of that stuff. I'm pretty sure they're no they're idea. opening that up. And I'm already seeing some students on campus here. They're, they're actually opening up the Tim's uh, uh, at campus next week. So I'll be able to get my coffee like normal. Um, <laughs> uh, what else is normal here? Tim Nothing Hortons. else is normal here. That's uh, when you said Tim's, that's Tim Hortons, Canada's uh, coffee <laughs> chain for our look. Li- our, our couple of listeners in San Francisco. We do have a few U.S. listeners, that's correct. <laughs> yes, of course. So so that, so that I do think they're planning to have more students back on here. Uh, this is Media Nerds, of course, and we are going to talk a little bit about our, about our summers, about uh, my adventures on TikTok, and of course about the movies and TV shows and all the other stuff we've been watching over the summer. But first, we're going to have a little segment of Star Wars Nerds. This is a little teaser for those of you who don't listen to Star Wars Nerds. This is what we usually talk about on that podcast because um, a huge thing was released yesterday on Disney+. Plus. We got, it's called, sorry, I always forget what it's called, but it's a behind the scenes of the Mandalorian. It's what is it called? Disney Gallery. Disney Disney Gallery. So that Ridiculous is the overall. Name. I suspect that that's going to be a, a series. They're eventually going to give us behind the scenes for other stuff as well. Um, but for now, it's only been the Mandalorian. And the, t- yesterday they released the the episode about the making of the finale of last season, season two finale for the Mandalorian. Of course, is the big reveal that Luke Skywalker shows up and takes away Baby Grogu to uh, to the Jedi Academy, presumably. 
Um, but that was a big deal in, in the Star Wars universe. It moved you to tears. It moved many, many people to tears, as we learned. John Favreau himself yes. has moved to tears. And, yes, yeah, and we'll they, we, we heard that, from yeah. John Favreau. We hear from, um, um, you know, Mark Filoni? Hamill, of course. Sorry? Filoni. Dave Filoni, who I think is uh, is aware that we're making fun of his hat, so he got rid of it. He got uh, rid of his hat. <laughs> Trapper John MD got rid of his hat. Uh, so yeah, we hear from all the guys involved. Uh, Peyton Reed, who was the director of the episode, and who yeah. of course also directed the Ant Man movies. Uh, and it's just it was it was a lot of talking heads. But what did you think overall of the episode? I loved it primarily because they could have called it um, a celebration of Luke Skywalker and Mark Hamill. <laughs> Right. Yeah, that's really what it is for. It's it's uh, 41 minutes long. The preview picture has nothing to do with is a picture of Bryce Dallas Howard, I think, for no apparent reason is the preview picture. Um, But in fact, when you uh, watch the show, it's all about Mark Hamill and and talking about being Luke Skywalker again and seeing how they shot um, the finale and um, hearing what it meant to people. And so I really, I ate it up and I actually, the 40 minutes breezed by and I thought I could have gone with another half hour. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. Why? What do you think? Well, it was fine. I mean, I, I, maybe I just don't like the, the the whole idea of all these talking heads. Like it was very self-congratulatory, I think, in a lot of ways. I mean, sure. give them credit. They The thing they pulled off that was amazing. No, it wasn't bringing back Luke. It wasn't any of that stuff. It was the the fact that they actually kept it secret um, in this day and age. And they talk about that. And, and, uh, and I thought Mark Hamill had a great quote and he's like you don't have to worry about me i kept the original luke uh, darth vader being luke's father i've kept that secret for a year and a half right he was like i'm fine i can keep it but he he made a good point it, all it takes is one guy doing a color correction on the frame to see that there's a shot of of mark hamill in there and then he's going to tweet it or put it on social media so they had to be very very good about keeping things under wraps so good in fact that they made up a fake uh story <laughs> and a fake scene um to keep it secret, they 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 were gonna. They told people that it was going to be Plo Koon in the original script for this episode, correct? Yeah, and they even mocked it all up and and uh, did art. <laughs> they had art, and actually, it looked kind of cool to tell you the truth. It looked yeah. pretty good. And and uh, Dave Filoni said, "Everybody knows, or any uh, Star Wars nerds know that his favorite Jedi is Plo Koon." So they would hear that and go. Oh, okay. Like it's got to be, it's got to be because that's who Filoni always likes and insists on wedging into his. I can tell you, I didn't know that. I thought his dear Jedi was Ahsoka. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? But uh, well, maybe he means um, favorite Jedi from the movies, or maybe he means something else. I don't know. I think he's giving the fans more credit than they deserve. I don't think we know that. (laughs) I don't think anybody knows that about him. Well, me, well, I wonder. Maybe, well, we're out of the loop on a lot. I mean, on uh, in terms of uh, rebels and some of the stuff that he worked on, we do, you know, we're clearly into the live action more than some of that stuff, and so it might be obvious, <laughs> like if we were deeper into into the stuff that he's done apart from the Mandalorian, maybe right. it would be. I don't know. I mean, when you think about it, there is really no other option other than Luke to to come get Grogu because they established uh, in Return of the Jedi that Luke is the only Jedi, and I know that we've had Jedi's come up and oh he's not dead it's you know so many so many jedi did not die in order 66 as we've learned but at this point in the star wars timeline i believe that luke is really the only jedi out there or the only active jedi who is training and doing jedi things right well they could have pulled uh there's a few surprises that they could have pulled they could have brought back ahsoka they could have um 
had um, Mace Windu. Yeah, you uh, were hoping for that, I know. I, well, I think it could have happened. I do. I think that, I think he said they had a list of people who it could be. And of course he would have been on that list. There's no doubt about it. That oh, Mace sure. Windu was on that. And Sam Jackson w- is like chomping at the bit to get back to Star Wars. So I, 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 I think that could have happened. And I also think, they could have gone also like, who's this? They could have pulled a surprise, like something that most people don't know. Like maybe the guy from um, the uh, Fallen Order video game. That oh, yeah. What's his name? Cal. Crispin. Cal Kestis? No. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah. Crispin Glover. Yeah. Whatever his name is. <laughs> they, could, they could have got him. Um, they could have got him or they could have surprised us with someone we've never seen before. So I. I don't think it was obvious, but we did. We, you and I, on on our Star Wars Nerds podcast, did table Luke Skywalker. Yeah, as um, we just didn't think it was possible because of yeah. of, of Mark Hamill's availability, and we certainly did not expect them to do what they did as far as uh, the technology, as far as making him younger. Now they talked about that in in great detail in this behind the scenes, and I did find that part of it interesting. But I honestly thought that like they kept showing all these different shots of the process of it, right? So they they. So they bring in Mark Hamill and they shoot him and they had a body double. So for all the moves, all the fancy lightsaber moves, they had a guy who could do those moves and they, they did that. There's and then they guys. took What's that? There's two guys. Right. And they sort of buried that there's a stunt man and there was a lookalike. Yes. A, a lookalike of Mark Hamill from Return of the Jedi. Yes. To, to be Luke's body. A lot. Like he did. He, like crazy. So, and then, and then they, uh, they, they put it all together. Now really it, it makes me think. And then of course the voice wasn't even real either. That was the other thing. Um, the voice was also compiled from like recordings of Mark Hamill from that era of star Wars from the eighties and, and that kind of stuff. So I thought that was interesting. So really, I mean, they, they did go to the trouble of bringing Mark Hamill down, but they really didn't have to, right. They could have done this without him. Well, they showed like one of the things that's left unclear which is I thought was hilarious given that this is the making of the last episode, but they actually left quite a bit out of the process in terms of first we did this, then this happened, then this happened, and then we ended up with this. It was far more kind of like, here's some of this, and then there's that, and then there's a stunt guy, and there's this guy over here. And they sort of, they did not just lay it out like a process. They sort of showed, oh, these were all the elements involved. But we didn't actually get to see the order of how it went down. And it looked like it's unclear as to whether they used the Mark Hamill stuff. And unless I missed it, I've only watched it once, but it just seemed like maybe he was on set giving direction to the other actor in terms of do this, I would do this and I would do that. And I would look here. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I, I don't know how much of that, what, or if any was captured in the final thing. Yeah, you're right. It was confusing. They did co- yeah. talk about a lot of different processes for making somebody younger, right? And they talked about and Peyton Reed was a good person to have there because he was talking about how they did it on the Ant-Man movies. They did it for um, Michael Douglas. They did it for Sam. I mean, obviously, they did it for Sam Jackson in the Captain Marvel movie. So they've done this a number of times. But I th- again, I, and I've said that in the moment, as I was watching that episode for the first time, I could tell that it wasn't really Mark Hamill. I was taking out of it a little bit. Um, so I, And I thought that some of those 
shots they showed of the process in some of the shots he looked better than the actual final product like it was weird i think they i think they put a little too much of a sheen on him or something i don't know what it was but there was some kind of a texture thing on his face that made it look a little bit not real and so they go through all these but they're kind of going backwards and they're talking about all the different things they've done in this and they talked about tarkin in rogue one and they talked about um you know you know like again i don't think that's a good example of good work in this field like we joked a lot about how he looked like a plasticine tarkin um but it was certainly an interesting discussion and even going back to i think i think it was peyton reed had said he'd worked on Forrest Gump. He wasn't obviously wasn't the director, but he'd been part of the crew on Forrest Gump. And that Forrest Gump back in the early nineties was like the first step in this, when they put Forrest Gump with Kennedy and Johnson and all those presidents, when he meets all the famous people, that was like the beginning of this technology. And now it's kind of, it's kind of advanced to this point where you can actually have Mark Hamill. So what they did, and the reason why they had Mark Hamill there is because they had him act out the scene and they scanned his face and they talked about the egg where they, they put him in this little egg with all these lights and they they put things on his face and they ha- again have him act out the scene. And then they take his face. What they, they really didn't need to dress him up or any of that stuff. They just needed the face acting from that first part. And then they used technology to make him like younger. And that's it. So I think the face is actually Mark Hamill's face in the finished product. They just made it look, you know, younger. They went with, the, he said there's, th- I can't remember. Let's see if I do remember three. He said there's three ways we could have done this. Young actor, de or a de aging, and a complete CGI construction, right? And I, I think that what he was implying is that they used all of them. I think that's what he was trying to say, but he didn't say that specifically. But then I think he said, "So we went in on de aging." Uh-huh. So I think it was mostly the de aging technology. Okay. I think, but I I think I'm going to need to watch that part again because, as I say, like it was not, it wasn't rolled out in a consecutive. Day one, here's what we did. Day two, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. it was far more like a little of this, little of that. And so at the end of it, sort of my key takeaway was, wow, Mark Hamill, best guy ever. You know, <laughs> like, yay. But some of the process stuff behind the scenes, I just don't think, um, I just didn't get enough of a handle on watching it once. But uh, I do think there's more de-aging there than the other methods that they talked about. Yeah, you know, they talked about deep fake and, and the other yeah. things as well. And it is it is interesting. And, and they've used this technology a number of ways. Like, you know, think about Robert De Niro and and in the, um, what was that movie? The the uh, Irishman, right? They they aged him or youngified him a bit, you know? And it's it just seems to be varying degrees of success. And I don't think it's, not, it's certainly not a perfect process, but it still allows us to see this. And that, that was kind of the overall point of it, I think, is that we were, we were able to get this, story where luke comes back and and picks up a student for his academy and that's kind of i think you know if we're just thinking about this in the natural universe that is what would have happened so i'm glad they're able to make that actually happen and it made me wonder will luke skywalker be back in the mandalorian certainly seems that they've got it down they've got the technology down now they can do it it'll be even better next time next time it'll be even better I think so. Yes, it's going to improve it. And certainly uh, as much as I criticize the the face of it, it looks much, much better. Like the like what Mark Hamill looked like looked much better than uh, Tarkin in Rogue One. It was like a whole um, world away. Right. Leia was uh, was my least favorite. Yeah. Rogue One. When people to this day, when people praise Rogue One as being the best of the modern day movies, I, I have trouble getting behind that because I found. Like, I loved the Luke Skywalker and the Mandalorian, loved every minute of it. Um, but I wasn't crazy about Tarkin. 
And the guy thought, I thought even the way he moved was kind of herky jerky. It looked, it looked too, a little too odd. And I thought Leia, they were one frame away from ending perfectly, which is just maybe just even showing her face and stopping there, or maybe just seeing her from the back would have been enough. And then the door closes and off they go, and boom. And then you see the ship go out. Like I thought that there was other ways they could have done it that would have, um, wouldn't have called attention to the shortcomings of that technology, you know? Yeah, but I, I think they're like, a little overconfident maybe in it and they didn't. Uh, and again, when you're so close to it, you don't see the imperfections as much as maybe somebody else does. Um, but yeah, you're right. And I think that that would have been fitting even with the whole theme of star Wars. Cause we don't really see Leia's face until like a couple of minutes. Like when we first see Leia, she's far away. She's bending over. I'm talking about the very first time we see her. And they, then they reveal her face later. We could just say that we don't have to see her face in Rogue One. Like there was no reason for that. Except other than it pushed the technology forward a little, which is all. But they'd already Star done Wars that with Tarkin, right? So right. they didn't right. need to, I just don't think they needed to do that in the same movie. So no, anyway. I want to, just a couple more things sure, I wanted yeah. to say. And that is, um, I thought John Favreau talking about, he said when R2D2 rolled in, he teared up and he doesn't even know why. Like he said, it's buried so deep in you. But it's, I remember too, when I watched that scene in R2-D2 rolled in, I was like, oh, like it was almost too much to bear. Like as a Star Wars fan, like, oh, I forgot that R2-D2 was in that, was in the X-Wing and there he is. And, and now Grogu's walking up to him and they, and they said, it's, it's like uh, the Ewok and Return of the Jedi approaching R2-D2. And you're like, oh yeah, like I sort of didn't, uh, it was so overwhelmed by seeing R2-D2 and the Mandalorian um, that all of that stuff sort of, um, sort of a pass me by. So it was kind of neat that for John Favreau to put a nice cap on it. Um, and I also thought um, it showed how Mark, how much that actually met, meant to Mark Hamill. And in, and as a result, it showed how maybe the Star Wars movies, it almost seemed like um, by omission, they were kind of saying like, yeah, those recent movies didn't get it done. Did you think, did you get a, did you get a little of that? Like maybe a little Ryan Johnson and JJ Abrams. uh, Yeah. They didn't quite like, they didn't know how to handle Luke. Oh, I think, well, I don't know that you think that's what they were saying there. A little backhanded. uh... Well, it seemed, it seemed, I mean, they said, they said it in a positive way about the Mandalorian. They didn't say it in a negative way about those films, but I think we can deduce (laughs) from what they say that they wanted to show Luke Skywalker in a way that uh, they remember Luke Skywalker and the fans would want to see Luke Skywalker from that era. So I, I, I took a little bit of that as uh, even Mark Hamill wanted a chance to do it again. Okay. And if, if, if those movies were perfect, maybe he'd say, no, I, 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 that work speaks for itself. I won't come back. That's it. Yeah. But no, he came back to do the Mandalorian. He, and, the, the idea that Luke Skywalker was trained by Yoda and now he's training somebody of Yoda's species that uh, Mark Hamill points that out. Yeah, he's, he's thought, the only character that has any experience with Yoda's species. Yes. True, true. And the fact that maybe it's even more poetic if this, if baby Grogu is related in some way to Yoda. I think that's too much. I think it's the going training, one step too far. The trainee becomes the trainer. Ah, uh, I love it. I love it if it's true. So if they're, and then does that involve like Luke taking Grogu back to Dagobah to show him Yoda's hut? (laughs) 
we won't ever see that, but that could have happened in the uh, between the seasons. There's no real good reason to go back to Dagobah as it stands. <laughs> there's no re- because there's nothing there. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't like I, I don't quite know what we would do back at Dagobah. We'd need something, and it would have to not seem forest, and that'd be the hard right. thing. Yeah. Okay. So. Interesting. But anyway, I loved it. I thought I really enjoyed watching it. I could have watched more of it. And now we have to wait more than a year for season three of the of the Mandalorian, right? Like we'll have the book of Boba Fett coming up. And they yeah. talked a little bit about that. They talked about Boba Fett and how they showed him um, in the in this season of the Mandalorian. But um, that's coming up uh, around Christmas time, I guess December. And then we'll get the next season of the Mandalorian in uh, the fall of 2022. Are you a Jedi? I am. Come, little one. He doesn't want to go with you. He wants your permission. He is strong with the Force. But talent without training is nothing. I will give my life to protect the child, but he will not be safe until he masters his abilities. Would it have killed them to include a trailer for Book of? Oh, that would have been great. That would have been. Great. I, I was expecting. I wait. I watched the credits right to the end. I was like, you know, you never know. They might do it. And I was like, nah. I feel like they're not doing that stuff as much as they used to. Um, like they just released the uh, the the what is it called? What's the new Spider-Man movie called again? Oh yeah, um, bar no fly away home. home. No way home. Home home hardware. Home no hardware. Home. home of the handyman. Home of the <laughs> Spider Man. <laughs> anyway, that dropped. That finally dropped uh, the first trailer for that, and people were just like clamoring for it because it's been a long time. It got leaked. Um, that's why. Also, what? They got leaked. That's why they it got leaked. It. So they had to release it. But yeah. even, but it was already overdue. Like they they had not. Yeah. They've been waiting so long for it. So it's a good thing it got leaked because people were just chomping at the bit. Um, but so I think that what they like to do is they like to space out the content. So I think we will get a trailer probably up uh, right up like close to the book of Boba Fett. Like some sometime around there, they'll they'll tease the new content uh, for the following year. And is there any word on when the the other series is going to start? Not Obi Wan, but there was another series that is that's Cassian. going on. Cassian yeah. Andor. Yeah. Uh, when that's think, happening? I don't think there's a date for that at this point. But but we know there's been set photos and stuff, and I think we know they're shooting Obi Wan as well. And the there seems to be like um, Mandalorian season three. If you believe what you read online, it could either be coming pretty quickly in. Um, 2022 or later in 2022 <laughs> it seems unclear right now about it just, that all it says right now is scheduled to be released in 2022 and will yeah. consist of 12 episodes and that's all we have so but i suspect that it's going to be between those two things like i would if i was disney i would put it between uh the book of boba fett and the mandalorian right so people have something to watch in between Andor? those two series so which one would you put there? Well, I would put I put Andor. I would put Andor in the spring. Like I'm hoping it comes out in the spring. Yeah. I think that's a good time for it um, because that gives us something to watch between. And maybe um, you know, make sure it doesn't compete with another Disney or another Marvel show. Like Disney, it's all Disney Plus, right? So they're actually going to be looking at the release schedule for all the the Marvel shows coming up as well. I think um, I think we are on the cusp of. I think Marvel will be successful with Spider Man, of course. But I think um, we've seen, already seen Black Widow 
sort of being being um, held up as a stinker. I think the Eternals trailer looks terrible. <laughs> yeah, I have a I have a terrible feeling about the Eternals and even the actors they've selected. I'm just looking at that thing, going, "What? What is this? Like, it looks like crap." I'm <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I don't got, have a good feeling about that. Um, and then there's the one, the corner gas. No, not corner gas. The uh, Kim's convenience guy. What's that? Uh, what's that Ooh, one called again? Uh, that is the uh, Shang Chi, which is going to come out next week. I think yeah. that comes out actually. That one looks right. pretty good. It looks like a kung fu movie. It does, but I got a bad feeling of it in terms of how it's going to do as a Marvel. Um, in Marvel, just because the character is not well known. Yeah. And if if the um, if the movie's great then of course lots of people will see it uh, based on uh, based on that based on reviews and other people who love it but if it's not good a uh, hero that people aren't as familiar with in a not good movie when when people know black widow and that seems to not have been, <laughs> gone over very well um it could be it could be problematic i just see a little bit of bumpy ride for marvel in the next little bit yeah i mean it certainly seems that there we, we can't really count and everything to be as closely connected as it once was um the 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 big of course question mark with the eternals is why why didn't they help out when thanos um you know snapped his fingers and there was there's a reason in the trailer i can't remember what the reason was they they tried to explain it in the in the trailer as as far as why we are only supposed to uh, interfere with this one type of alien that's going to invade that's it (laughs) Something like that. There's this one type of alien they were sent there to protect the Earth from, and that's the only thing that they're going to protect the Earth from. Forget it if some other alien comes around and snaps his fingers and wipes out half the population. That is not our problem. Uh, so that is basically what they're saying. And and that's the same thing for um, – what was the other thing? The, there was another thing they talked about, and why didn't we help during this? And it just – maybe it was during Loki or during – WandaVision I can't remember when that when that came up but but now of course we're just gonna have all these multiverses and all these other things so it's just gonna be all come very much uh, more disconnected than it was before so the Spider-Man trailer definitely is pointing to multiverse multiple multiple villains uh, multiple universes and of course we will see multiple Spider-Men I think yeah, and honestly, I think the big reveal in that trailer was um, a letdown because we already knew it. We already knew it was happening. Like yeah. I knew that that guy was. I knew the Doc Ock was going to be in it. So, um, speaking yeah. of de-aged, <laughs> did they de-age him? Oh yeah, I okay. Think they did. Well, yeah, they had to. I, I mean, well, it's been twenty years. Yeah, they had to. Or but, they uh, sandblasted Alfred Molina and then put a hairpiece on him. But I think. <laughs> and made him go to the gym. But I we think um, see, we didn't even see the Green Goblin. We didn't see Willem Dafoe. We just heard his cackle and saw a little bomb. So if he's in that metal armor again, <laughs> that's I'll be so mad. <laughs> the worst. And how about um, uh, some people have lightened up that one scene and it looks like it's the lizard. In okay. The, in the dark, in the dark scene. And uh, uh, the scuttlebutt has it that um, all the previous Spider-Mans shall be back in the multiverse so, spider-man yeah so Sp- spider-man's so uh <laughs> spider-man P- peter spider-man's bridge <laughs> will be there all the different ones yeah i, but, I mean uh, and that one we'll see i mean i'll go watch it in the theater because it's a spider-man movie and it'll be fun to watch but i'm not confident that it's going to be as good as the other ones i worry about the over like too many villains that was a problem even in those other oh. spider-man movies that was a problem later on uh, so we could run into too many villains and then just too, maybe too many Spider-Men. Like it worked kind of in Spider-Verse, but those because they were all very different Spider-Men, right? They're all different 
types of people, different creatures, different things. These are all just going to be a bunch of white dudes being Spider-Man. <laughs> like, I don't see it being a lot of different, right? It's and just it all lo- different versions of Peter Parker. Right. And the trailer gives away uh, Doctor Strange uh, making the world forget that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Uh, but but it gets screwed up. The spell gets, he gets interrupted and the spell screws up. And so now, I don't know, Loki is going to show up from the uh, planning department or something. But it's going to be to explain all the different timelines from anyone who didn't watch the Disney Plus show. Is that what's going to happen? <laughs> yes, that's what's going to happen. He's going to be the time. He's going to show up with his variant uh, jacket on. Yeah. Um, he doesn't wear the cape and crown anymore. It's all business attire. This so he'll uh, show up with a tie and Owen Wilson. Of, um, speaking of uh, Marvel, have you been watching What the? Oh no, not What the. What if? <laughs> what the is a different comic. They'll make I a just, What the series. I can't watch What if. I can't bring myself to do it. Why? Really? Have you? Yeah, of course. Why can't you watch it? Uh, it seems stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's it stupid. It just doesn't appeal to me. I used to read the comic when I was a kid. What if? And it's just like. I don't know that I want um, if we're going to see multiverse in the movies, I don't know that I need a what if this happened or what if that happened? They can actually show us what if something happened uh, in the movies if they're going to open up a multiverse. So I just uh, plus it's animated and I'm just a little less inclined to watch that. The animation is pretty good for the most part. I I want to like what it is. I was disappointed at first because I also loved the comic series as a kid. And when I realized when I saw the first trailer for this is that it's not what if based on the comics is what if based on the movies, of course it is. And I didn't even, it didn't even occur to me. So it's oh. what if, what if based on the MCU? So every episode has been what if basically, and it's basically been what if this Marvel movie had gotten differently? Cause it's all been themed around like the first one was about Captain America. Uh, so that is what if that, like the first Captain America movie, that is the events that takes place. And of course you probably know based on the trailer that it's uh that's Peggy Carter who gets the serum instead of Steve Rogers. Yeah. Um, and then they kind of go forward from there and to show you what happens there. The next one was about um, T'Challa, uh, Black Panther becoming Star-Lord instead of um, Peter Quill. So instead of, uh, so uh, what's his face goes down and kidnaps the, a different kid. And then the third one that just dropped yesterday was actually, I thought it was really interesting. It was what if the Avengers had died? So it was, it's similar in ways to the, what if the X-Men had died, which was one of the classic uh, issues of of the original what if um so they they did this thing where somebody goes and kind of elim- before they form the avengers so this is going back to the early phase one movies and you see scenes from like iron man 2 and he's in the donut and and that kind of stuff um when fury's going around trying to form the avengers somebody starts killing them <laughs> So, uh, so the, the story is what if the Avengers died before they even formed? And that was an interesting look at it as well. So I am enjoying it. it now that I realize what it is, it's actually pretty good. Hmm. And I don't, of course, you know, they are saying that this is the multiverse now. So all these things do happen, but it's just, you know, they're just fun little stories. I, I quite enjoy them. Oh, well, I, on your recommendation, maybe I'll give it a shot, but it just, those always tend to be, they always tend to be gloomier. Well, the comics did anyway, tended to be gloomier, darker versions. They were. Yeah. Was, in a lot yeah. of cases, it's like, what if this person had died? Right. And there's a lot of deaths in this one. It's kind of, kind of, I don't know if it's meant for adults or, I mean, it's fine for kids, I guess, but it's pretty like there's, you know, the Hulk dies, sorry, spoiler alert, but Hulk dies in a pretty interesting way. Um, so it, it is, I thought, I think I wasn't quite sold on it until I saw this, this last episode, but I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed this, this latest one. So. 
Interesting. You might just want to check, wait till it's all out and then just check out the ones having oh. to do with the heroes that you like, right? Yeah. That's it. Well, you know, I'm a completist. So if it, if it's good, I'll watch all of them. And if I just can't get past the first couple, then that <laughs> might be it. But, you know, and you know what? I'm not, I've watched most Star Wars animation, but not Rebels. Like there's the, the occasional thing where I'm just, nah, look. I didn't watch I'm Resistance. Gl- I didn't. I yeah. Didn't. It's like, I'm glad if people like it. I'm, I'm happy that people like it, but uh, it's not, not everything has to be for everyone. Right. Exactly. You know? Doesn't mean I hate uh, the Marvel Universe if I don't watch the what if. (laughs) Exactly. Journey to face the unknown and ponder the question. What if? I do want to talk about TikTok uh, because I've had a lot of fun this summer on TikTok, as have you. Yeah, we both we both challenged ourselves to post uh, to post more. And I think I've hit it every, basically I'm at the equivalent of every weekday. <coughs> oh, that's with pretty some, good. With some weekends thrown in. Yeah. I, I sort of wanted to do that. I just wanted to like populate my channel with the content, which it didn't have much of before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've done that in a different way. Uh, so my, like I, what I realized, you know, in the first, I guess six months or so of just observing TikTok. Like I didn't post anything. I just watched videos and kind of yeah. you know saw what was going on. But I did notice that um, most channels had a niche, right? And 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 that seems to be the big thing on TikTok is that everybody has their own thing. And so you get, and the algorithm encourages that. So you get, as you post, when you start posting, the experience becomes quite different, I find. And you start getting, the algorithm starts kind of putting you in this, what they call, I mean, they basically they just add talk to whatever it is. So I am in kind of film, film talk is what I would say it is. It's, it's like the part of TikTok that talks about movies all the time. So almost all the videos, even in the videos in my For You, which are supposed to be the kind of the ones suggested to me are still mainly about film and collectibles. Cause my thing is going to be collecting DVDs. I decided that I was going to rebuild my DVD collection. I talked about this in the previous episode. So I've been TikToking that and, and kind of filming my um, you know, going out to thrift stores, going to uh, to Walmart to buy the cheap DVDs and that kind of stuff. And so everything that I've posted on there has been about movies and I, I, I in a way it, it, I like that, but also don't like it. Cause then I, I, I don't feel kind of as free to just post a random video of something that I might want to post, like something funny that I might see. I guess I'll, I'll save that kind of stuff for tic, for Twitter or, or Instagram. I think but you should TikTok, just it really it. just is about the, the movies. I think you should just go for it. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think um, I heard a, I can't remember what podcast I was listening to, but I heard a good discussion about TikTok uh, on a podcast. And if I, uh, Oh, it might've been the Washington post. Actually, the Washington post did a podcast with um uh where they interviewed the guy who does their TikToks and he's funny and he's like stuck at home because of covid etc um and his advice was don't don't overthink it just post whatever you want and um people will find it or they, or they won't and you know just keep plugging away kind of thing and don't like he's like don't worry about perfecting things it's like it's better to just hey shoot the thing you want to shoot and just post it up there and so i found that very inspirational so now i don't I, I sort of just throw stuff up there and hey, let's see what sticks. And, and I, you know, you post all the movie stuff. I've been posting collectibles stuff mm-hmm. where I just take, take short videos of my collectibles and put a song behind them and make a joke out of it kind yeah. of thing. Um, and I really, and I've sort of just gotten more interested in, in um, screwing around on TikTok than I really am with followers or anything or yeah. with, uh, with views. Although I have the one, I think we both have the one that went crazy 
Like your what? How what, what? What's yours up to now? That one. I'm that... just trying to look at it. Um, the well, my my big video that that kind of went viral was the one about the Simpsons quote, and I've got like 150 thousand. Oh no, yeah, something like 150 thousand views on that, or something like that. And that you're right. That that part should be kind of secondary. I find a lot of the people that I'm following and interacting with on here are very much obsessed with the follower count, and they're like putting out, "Yeah, I reached 200 followers, thank you," and all this other stuff. And I'm not really doing any of that because it's it's. I don't know. To me, I don't want to worry about that kind of stuff. Although I have been growing my following, I have been trying to grow and 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 get more followers. I've done that by mainly doing the follow, follow back thing. I know that that's kind of a crude way of going about it, but it works for the most part. I mean, nobody's going to know about your channel unless you follow them and, and show them that you exist. Uh, however, when the thing I found on that, in that case, uh, uh, um, a part of that that has backfired on me is the fact that there are so many kids on TikTok. I, I it, there's a lot of children, yeah, on TikTok, and I have uh, followed some children on TikTok that I didn't mean to follow. I didn't know that they were children. I was just following people who liked my video, following people who liked my video, following or following people who follow other similar channels. Like I do the same thing on Twitter. I do the same thing all the time, but there's just not as many kids on Twitter and I don't follow any kids, but occasionally I'll be like, follow this person. And then a little while later in there, in my for you page or in my following page, it'll be like this kid doing a weird dance or something like that. I'm like, Oh, I didn't really want to, I don't feel right about that kind of thing. Like I wouldn't want a random adult man to follow one of my kids on TikTok, so I'm not going to follow anybody else's, <laughs> on TikTok, you know. So there is that. That is the one issue. But for the most part, um, it's been a lot of great, you know, people online talking about movies, lots of great discussions. Um, I have the ability now because I've reached more than a thousand followers. This is how it works on TikTok. If you hit a thousand followers, you get the ability to go live. That is not something you can do until you hit a oh. thousand followers, apparently. So now I have the ability to go live. Way to go. I What's that? I can't decide what to do with it. Um, I was thinking about playing some movie trivia. I was thinking about also doing uh, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, which might be kind of fun, uh, which if anybody remembers that game because yeah. it's been forever. Uh, but anyway, that seems and it's other people I noticed that who go live in in this area of TikTok uh, often will do trivia or just talk about movies. And then the trend that seems to be the biggest for the movie talk or the film talk world is the questions. What is your favorite Christmas movie? What is an underrated movie? What is this movie and that movie? And that's that's a big thing. So people asking questions and having people respond to those questions is a big conversation driver in film talk. Well, and but I also notice sometimes it's just a desperate plea to get people to interact and um, it's no good asking for answers if you do nothing with the answers. It drives me nuts, the folks who do that. Like, you got, at some point, you have to uh, follow up with the people who answer. Well, I, I try to. Anytime I ask any kind of question, I try to acknowledge and respond to anybody who comments or or stitches it or something like that. Yeah, I, I think that you're right about that. Um, and actually, I had, a, I had an interaction like that. So I did one. Uh, Why? Well, actually, there's a guy. I don't remember his name. I don't follow him because all he does is ask questions. Like, that's all he And that's not fun to content to watch. I'm sorry. Like, I, I like the question thing every once in a while. It's fun. But just to do it over and over and over again every day, that is not a great uh TikTok channel, in my opinion. So, but this is what he does. And one of the questions was, um, what is your favorite Christmas movie? And it can't be Die Hard. That's his thing. Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. And I'm pretty tired of this argument. I'm pretty tired of the debate. If, if you like watching Die Hard at Christmas, go right ahead. That's my my opinion on it. Yeah, enjoy. Uh, so, but jokingly, I stitched it and said, Die Hard 2. Because <laughs> Die Hard 2 is also a Christmas movie. It sure is. Um, 
anyway, and then he responded to that and he said, no, it's not. Uh, but thank you for stitching it. <laughs> and his, his, uh, I guess one of his reasons why Die Hard isn't a Christmas movie is because the villain dies and nobody should die in Christmas movies, I guess. I don't know. What? I don't know. Whatever. I just, I don't, I don't want to get into that argument, but I'm just saying that that it's good to acknowledge uh, when people comment or people uh, talk to you because that that keeps them coming back, right? No one should die in Christmas movies. So in Gremlins, when she recalls the famous death of her father who got stuck in the chimney, remember that? That Yeah, that, that came up in a conversation as well. I can't remember where, but someone was saying that they hate that scene and they think it ruins the whole movie uh, in Gremlins. These are the kind of conversations we have in film talk, right? And I yeah. disagree. I love that scene. I think it's hilarious. It comes out of I mean, nowhere yeah. and it, it kind of makes the movie for me, you know, that and the part where the mom, mom microwaves the Gremlin. That's always the microwave Gremlin has always been my favorite part of that movie. But I like the Santa getting stuck in the chimney. So, but is would would a person who says death has no place in a Christmas movie say uh, recollecting death has no place in a Christmas movie? You know what I mean? Yes. Like where where do you draw the line on? No, that I know that's 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 a debate for another time. Yeah. I think that um, yeah, I don't know. I do. I'm trying to think of a legitimate Christmas movie that has a death in it. I'm just, I can't think of anything offhand. But I mean the the. Uh, a Christmas story has ghosts, so those people died, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> a Christmas right. Story, sorry, uh, Christmas Carol. A Christmas Carol, right? Exactly. Right. Scrooge, um, which is just a variation on that. It's, so it's basically so TikTok. Dead. What I've learned, yeah, you're right. Turn uh, TikTok is very informal, and I I do enjoy. I I did follow Howie Mandel for about a week, and then I unfollowed him because I found him too annoying. Uh, but one celebrity that I do love following is Kyle McLaughlin. I gotta say, Kyle McLaughlin is just a delight on TikTok. He's a lot of fun. Um, but I don't follow more. I do not follow a lot of other celebrities. And honestly, it has changed. Like TikTok, the the algorithm, and my experience has changed fundamentally since I started posting. Has it changed for you since you started posting? Yeah, yeah, it has. And I mean, I had the one that went. I think about one hundred and thirty thousand on that woodpecker. A woodpecker with Mel Blanc providing Woody Woodpecker's voice in the background. Of all things, that seems to be the most popular thing that I have ever posted on TikTok. Um, but since then, I've started, like when I first was using it, I was just like, ah, this is kind of fun to post content. And I wasn't really taking in a lot of content. Um, whereas now I am, I'm watching more. I'm sort of a better TikTok user in terms of like <laughs> enjoying other people's content. I followed um, Anthony Hopkins, who is a shockingly great TikTok user. He does stuff on there that you just don't expect. And um, and I like, I think I discovered that I like seeing older people than me because then it makes me feel younger. And uh, I think like you, uh, if I was just following a bunch of kids, I'd be like, what am I doing here? I don't want that. This is not, I don't care about the dance craze. Let's put it that way. I have no interest in whatever the dance craze is. Um, so I kind of get, I kind of like, um, seeing what everybody's doing on there, like a range of people and uh, with different things. So um, yeah, I think, I, and I, it also has plugged me in more to what people are talking about uh, on other channels that originates on TikTok. Okay, yeah, so like, I heard, uh, I can't yeah. remember, somebody gave me the stat and I have not verified it, but it's like TikTok has contributed to most of the viral videos in the last couple of years. Like, yeah. All videos that have gone viral beyond TikTok, like the ones that go, like the guy with the the Fleetwood Mac thing, that thing was last year. That was the one that went beyond TikTok, and that that's you know, there's been a lot of those over the last couple of years. So, and there's even news on there. There's even news on TikTok. Like, 
yeah, I, I have a lot of ideas. I have a lot of different ideas for TikToks that I want to try. Um, I just, I mean, I'm in transition right now. I'm, I'm moving, uh, getting ready for work. There's all so much stuff going on that I just don't have time for. So I'm hoping that once I get into the, uh, settled into my new place and, and settled into the new work um, semester that I'll be able to actually start making more TikToks. What I want to try and do is make it easier for me to do so that I'm not like, worrying about this the setup and the logistics of it too much i find that editing in tiktok is horrible i can't stand the editing um you know interaction or whatever um i've been using a, a an app called CapCut mm-hmm. to edit my tiktoks and that works out pretty well i'm like i'm i don't use any i just use i just shoot it as is yours are, yours I, are like one take shot with the yeah. with the sync right I don't care if the lighting's a little bad. I'll never go back and change it. Once in a while, I'll look at it and go, oh, my hand is right there or something. Or something. And I'm like, ah, who cares? And I just leave it. Um, but to me, the the fun of TikTok is the shortcoming. Is It's shortcomings make it fun to use because you can't, it, may, it means that you can't be professional. It's, it's, it's going to be amateurish and a little rough by definition. And I, that's what I think works about it. You know, the, 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 the limitations, because it's irritating trying to type text in, it's irritating to trying to edit, you're absolutely right, and adding effects sometimes doesn't yes. work. You go back into the effects and you can't see any, like you yep. can't see where you've added them, it won't show you. And the, the editing, the sound yeah. editing part is a whole other section. Yeah. Um, so really you're saying that the, the Canada's Progressive Conservative Party should have kept that Willy Wonka <laughs> video on TikTok and not put it anywhere else because that was very amateurish <laughs> and it would be right. It would have been fine on TikTok. Yeah. On TikTok, anything. Uh, yeah. It's, it's kind of like we're all dealing with the same shortcomings of this app. I mean, and I've also noticed I get my students to do something on TikTok toward the end of um, second semester, just as a bonus to work, like after a whole semester of digital media. And I noticed that some of them, the first thing they'll do is be like, where's my video editing software? And I'm like, no, you don't get it. <laughs> Forget the video editing software. You know, they're opening up Adobe and all this stuff. You're like, no, 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 no. Just shoot it on your phone. Like my phone's not very good. Who cares? Good. <laughs> that'll make it That'll make it even more realistic if your phone's not very good. Like my phone doesn't even shoot video very well anymore. And you're like, no, nah, that's too bad. <laughs> that's what we're going to do. <laughs> It's the, it's the Robert Rodriguez method of shooting. That's right. Shoot I, I, I found that I did actually get, um, I think it was iMovie. I, I figured out a way to edit the vertical video in iMovie, um, which is what you need to do for TikTok as well, because it is a vertical platform. But it, I just find it's too too much of a pain to, to put video on my computer and then send it back to my phone and do all this yeah. crap. So It's too painful. CapCut is um on my phone so i just do it all on my phone and the other thing is that i have to make sure that i flip it uh because when you normally shoot a front-facing phone um it flips it right it's reversed but i show a lot of movie covers on my channel and i have to be able to have it i i like it to be front like readable so i have to make sure that it flips around so it's not reversed um and that is an app in that is a, an effect in tiktok but it also is also something in CapCut that i can do as well What's the, the other called? thing is and um tiktok when I, what i've heard is that there is not a ton of support out there for create canadian creators i guess the creator fund which is the way that tiktokers get paid isn't in canada so only american tiktokers get paid for their tiktoks no canadian tiktokers get paid but i assume that will eventually come here Sorry, um well, what's the effect called that reverses the camera 
view or the view so that you're not reverse. What's that remember. called? Reverse? Something inverse? Is, is that what it is? Did I favorite it? Is my question because I favorite these things. I was going to say I don't think I've ever noticed it. That's why I'm asking. Well, that's the and then the other. I should be aware so of this. <laughs> there's so many effects. There's so many different things that you. I only saw it because somebody else used it. Like I, I didn't realize yeah. until. I saw somebody else. So that's the thing. And I think it's called reverse or inverse or something like that. Um, yeah. There is lots of internal things to yep. look at on TikTok, but really you don't need most of them. No. And it's really like, I think it's a matter of just figuring out how to, it works for, to get it to work for yourself. And then once you figure that out, just go with it. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm having a fun, a lot of fun. Follow us on TikTok if you want to follow along with what we're doing. Um, again, when I move in, I'll have a lot more content going up there. Probably starting next month, I would say. I'm probably going to start posting like every day. Try to do like what you, like what you were doing every weekday. Uh, I'll, I'll try to get a video up. It's hard to do when you're teaching. It, yeah, it's going to be a challenge. Maybe because I'll do it on the way home every day. There's so much marking to do that that eats up all your valuable TikTok Maybe time. Maybe I can make that a TikTok. Uh, my <laughs> marking assignments can be my TikTok. No, but nobody is going to want to see a depressed face staring at like assignment number 75. <laughs> no one's going to want to see that. I like you. Have a cupcake. I like you. Have a cupcake. Smack my ass like the drum. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap up with some, I guess, recommendations, but also just talking generally about stuff we've watched over the summer because it's been a while. Um, I have a couple of series and a couple of movies to talk about. What do you want? You can start with one of yours first and then we'll oh. go. I can do mine very easily. Like this might be the easiest thing for me to do. To okay. say um, I have watched, uh, I said to you, I've consumed more media this summer than I ever have before. Another summer of COVID, um, more or less another summer of COVID. And um, so I ended up um, just like taking in every kind of media to its extreme. But the one thing I did more of this summer is watch movies, full length movies, because I was start I was starting to notice my Netflix and Amazon Prime queues watch list getting like beyond manageable. And I was like, okay, I gotta knock out these movies or I'm never gonna see them. So let's so I'm gonna do it. And I knocked out a bunch of films. And one of the funny things that happened, I'm not gonna name all of them, but I'll name the ones that I sort of ended my my big run with. And the, and the thing that sort of stuck in my mind, which I was not expecting, and I don't know, I, I heard good things about these films somewhere. And so I watched all of them and they all ended up being very disturbing films, like good, <laughs> good films, but that are, that accomplish their goal of disturbing you. And, uh, and so like, by the end of this, I was like traumatized. I was, I was like, what, why did I put myself through that? I think I know why they're in the watch list for so long. So uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, the last six films that I watched, um, Netflix and Amazon Prime are Saint Maud, um, the movie Rocks, which is um, about uh, kids growing up in uh, Britain, disadvantaged kids growing up in Britain, I guess is a way to describe it. The Killing of a Sacred Deer with Nicole Kidman, The White Tiger on Netflix, Devil All the Time, which stars Spider-Man and the Winter Soldier, not as Spider-Man and the Winter Soldier, but the two actors from the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Devil All the Time, and Annette, which is the um, uh, film by the band Sparks, um, and uh, also disturbing. It's a musical, but the less said about it, the better. It's better to be oh. surprised by it. It's, it's on Amazon Prime. So I watched all of those films. All of those films are good films but that I think some people aren't going to like because they're so disturbing. And, and specifically, I'm going to go out on a limb here 
and say, and I'll, and I'll, I'll single out Saint Maud and say, okay, you know, devil possession movies like Rosemary's baby and the exorcist. Mm -hmm. And you watch them and you're like, I, not only did that creep me out, but now I'm afraid my TV is haunted (laughs) because it's so (laughs) creepy. Okay. So Saint Maud is like, what if it's not devil possession? What if it's God possession? Okay. Like that's a little bit what it's about. And, um, and, uh, that movie freaked me out (laughs) in a way and it's very successful at being haunting, let's just say, but it really made me feel unsettled for a day. (laughs) I might watch it. That sounds good. Oh no. And all of those, like, as I say, every one of those films I mentioned, um, are are good. For, they're very good films, successful at doing what they set out to do, which is disturb you. Whereas the only one in that list that I'd say is not it like rocks is the one film. It, it's disturbing in its own way, I suppose, but it's it's more of a slice of life. The other films are all like, what is like? Oh my god! Like they all set out to to um, creep you out. Okay. Uh, for my movie, I also watch a lot of movies, not only because I'm buying more DVDs yeah. for my collection, but also because I just started watching. I, I'm like you, like you get caught in these series and they just dominate and then you just forget yes. about all the movies that are out there. Right. So I did make a concerted effort to try and watch more movies. These are all on Prime. For some reason, I've not found the Netflix selection to be great. And any Netflix I've moved, watched movie I've watched recently has been like Gunpowder Milkshake is a good example. I watched 20 minutes of it and then turned it off. It just found it to be too stupid like there's there's a lot of that kind of stuff going on sure um but i am trying to not do that and trying to commit at least more because i think about you know you think about back in the day when you went to the video store and you rented a movie and you came home and even if it was crap you still watched it because you rented it and you brought it home right so i'm trying to have that mindset but anyway these movies so i, I the, the first one i want to mention these are all on amazon prime uh val you mentioned i saw you tweet about val um and this is the documentary about val kilmer uh, which I liked. I didn't think I was gonna like it because I, I, I was always, you know, and maybe it's maybe this is why he made the movie. Val Kilmer has a reputation for being difficult to work with. He's always had that, and now of course he's gone through his problems with his throat cancer and he can't speak properly and all that issue. But I found it to be a very good movie, and I was n- very surprised that what made it for me was all this behind the scenes footage he'd taken as an actor over the years. Like every movie set he's on, he brings a video camera to and records himself, and that's awesome. Amazing. Like I love I it. Love that. Yeah, I love that film. I love it. I don't see how you can't love that film. Like it, it's it's amazing. Like the footage, the his story, the stuff from um the island of Dr. Moreau. The <laughs> I love famous, it. I was just gonna like, say that the, oh, the conversation with, with Marlon Brando and, and the guy who's not Marlon Brando. Like yeah. it's so so funny. Yeah. Um, so there, so Val was very good if you haven't seen that yet. Um for, for the listeners, and then um and the other ones I watched on um actually this is just recently so um on amazon prime these are all kind of science fictiony movies stowaway which stars um tony collette anna kendrick and daniel day kim did you watch this one i did i know of it but i've not yeah. watched it uh it's about a uh a guy who gets uh stuck on a spaceship <laughs> it's yeah. it's uh it's so it's good it's a good science fiction because it is a realistic look at like a mission to mars and somehow a guy gets on the ship that isn't supposed to be there. So now they have to figure out how to get to Mars. They don't have, have enough air for everybody. And that is a real scientific problem that would happen. So that's why I like it. It's kind of hard science fiction, which I really liked. Greenland. Greenland. They say Greenland. I, in, I watched what's that? it. I watched what do you it. think? I got some problems with that okay. film. Why I, did you I, like it? I, I liked it. I mean, yeah, it does have problems. It's not a perfect fun. One of the problems being the way they pronounce Greenland um, or Greenland. 
but uh, I liked it overall. I'm a fan of like <laughs> this idea of the um, I've, I've read so many books and so many seen so many movies about like the end of the world, the comet hitting the earth or the the thing hitting the earth. So I did like the idea of the and it seemed to pack a lot into that two hours. Like so much happens in that movie that I'm like, I can't believe we're not done yet. Cause there's like, it just feels like so much happens, but I did, I did like it. Uh, okay. Another one I liked called the endless, which was uh, about these two brothers who leave a cult and then go back to the cult 10 years later or something like that it's really interesting. And then I the last one I have, what? I saw that film and I love that film. I can't remember what's about. And by the way, that's a sequel that guy's done a few films where he plays that, that uh, where those characters appear. Yeah, I read that. I read, I went and looked it up afterwards and I couldn't find the other movie on prime, but there is a, a pre a, you're right. There's a prequel to that one. And when he did it before, it was so good. It was, I was just it's, shocked about how amazing. good it was. Yeah. yeah. What, what's it called though? The endless, the endless. Right, yeah. right, right. Sorry. I just couldn't remember that. That's great. And then the last one I have here is called Final Voyage, another science fiction story about these two guys, a lot of them about two guys, um, who find a spaceship in the middle of a field and they fix it up and go somewhere. Like, it's about them escaping from a planet or something. Uh, so that was another fun little science fiction thing. So those are, like, the, the movies I watch. I like, you know, I like my science fiction, and, and it was a lot of, of Prime. Um, yeah, but I, again, I've watched a lot of different movies, so. I, what about I series? To... Any series you watched this summer? Um Oh, definitely. But I wanted to say about Greenland, um, I just remembered one thing about it. And that is uh, Gerard Butler. The, uh, this is the, the setup of the film. Gerard Butler says uh, he's been selected to leave to, for, to, 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 to escape the, uh, the apocalypse that's coming. And uh, his friends, his neighbors are over at his house. And he's like, oh, yeah, I've been selected. <laughs> and they're kind of like, well, what about us? And he's like, don't worry, I'll call you from the airport. He never calls them from the airport. What an (laughs) asshole. Well, considering all the other stuff that happens to him, you kind of give it give it a a jerk. (laughs) And as they're driving away, as they're driving away, you can hear the neighbor going, he's gonna call us, he's gonna call us. Call us. Nope. They sat there by the phone the whole time. And I I actually thought that I'd I would have enjoyed it if the film ended and you saw that guy sitting next to a table with a phone on it in the middle of a devastated. still waiting i'm Um, sure he'll call us soon his skeleton his family's skeleton sitting around the table (laughs) (laughs) all right so what we got to wrap things up but what give us a couple series you can watch this summer oh my god dan i so many i mean hang on let me just quickly i'll just quickly look here and just name a couple um the chair on netflix which is a new film a new uh, series about post-secondary education generation 56k on Netflix, which is a wonderful uh, foreign series about um, uh, a relationship and how technology has changed over the years, which I liked. Um, the White Lotus on HBO, which is like the, was a breakout hit over the summer, was so um, just a delightful. Like once again, HBO pulls it out of the bag. Um, and then also, I, I have to give a special shout out to Clarkson's Farm on uh, Amazon Prime, which is uh, British presenter Jeremy Clarkson uh, trying to figure out how a farm works because he owns one and and um, and the crazy um, things that he gets wrong. And I just ate up that that show like candy, even though um, I really didn't watch any of the top gear shows that he was on. And I don't know anything about farming. And maybe that's why I enjoyed that show so much. So Clarkson's Farm. Those are some of the standouts, but I, uh, hey, I watched like 30. 
Yeah, I watch a lot as well. Um, what, how about you? What stands well, out for me? Um, like I, I finally got around to watching the final season of The Man in the High Castle. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Which I hadn't watched. I, I just, I just couldn't get interested in it. And I did watch it, and actually, it was very good. I, I quite enjoyed that final season. Um, so that was one of them. I also saw. Uh, now this is there's only a few episodes out right now, but Nine Perfect Strangers, which is a new series on Prime, uh, it's very star studded. There's a lot of big names in it, and I, I've really enjoyed it. There's only three episodes up right now. Um, but I guess they're doing, I, they did the old, uh, release the first three and then we're going to do one pun, one per week for the rest of it. So that's out right now. And then Mr. Corman, which is on Apple TV plus, and this is, um, Joseph Gordon Levitt. And it's just brilliant. It's, it's produced, written, starring him. Uh, he's just this guy. He's like, it's kind of like a slice of life kind of a show where he's just a guy. He's a fifth grade teacher. He's dealing with life's problems. There's no pandemic or anything like that, but it's still, I find very, very, very good. Um, he has a, an interesting relationship with his mother. Uh, it's, it's just kind of a, like a really well-performed, well-acted show that tells interesting stories that you can relate to because it's about life. And, and so that's really good. And then the last one I want to talk about is Rutherford Falls. Um, which is uh, starring Ed Helms doing his Ed Helms thing. And I'm not a huge fan of Ed Helms and his whole shtick because it's getting a little old now. But the best part of the show isn't Ed Helms. It's the other cast, the rest of the cast, uh, because this show is about um, it's about a small town in the U.S. I think it's supposed to be upstate New York. And it's got this uh, Ed Helms is this guy who's very closely tied to the history of the town because it's Rutherford Falls and he is a Rutherford. It's his family history tied to this um town and the, there's a statue of his great great grandfather in the town and then there's this whole thing about people wanting to take the statue down because it's blocking traffic it's this dumb thing but it really is an interesting look at uh, you know the statue situation which became an issue here in manitoba uh this summer when people tore down a statue of queen victoria at our at our legislature the interesting thing is that this this um I almost said ted lasso this this um rutherford falls episode aired last year before any of that stuff happened so our premier should have watched it uh, but also, um, it's got a great portrayal of indigenous people. And so the, the, the story is the town is next to a reserve that, and the, the indigenous people there run a casino. And so it's talking about their, their community and their business. And apparently the, um, the show has like half of the writers on the writing in the writing staff is are indigenous. So it is coming from a genuine place. Um, and they are like portraying indigenous people in a realistic way. And I think that's great. And that's the only time I've ever seen that in a, Maybe, you know, you know, maybe a Canadian show. This is an American show. It's on Peacock in, in the U.S. So for an American show to do that is, is quite um, interesting. Canadian shows have been doing that for a while, but Americans are not quite as tied to that as we are. Yeah, definitely. And there's a, there's a show called Reservation Dogs out. I've seen that, too. That is Taika Waititi, isn't it? It is. Yeah. I have not watched it yet, but is it, it's my, uh, if you've seen it, it's, it's my understanding that that show does something similar. Is that right or no? Yeah, it's not similar. It's a different type of uh, I believe it's a different, it's not about a reservation. Like the, the it's more about the casino life. Honestly, oh, we don't see a ton oh. of shots. In the, it's about them running a casino and then how that's important to their community and how it's not a sellout and they can still be indigenous and still celebrate their culture and run a business. Like all that stuff they're talking about. It's really, really good stuff. So cool. surprisingly Rutherford Falls is a good show. Even even though I didn't think I was going to like it based on the ads and based on my hatred of Ed Helms. Uh, I'm very good. All right. I think that's going to do it. We've been talking for a while. Yeah, great. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of the Media Nerds. I'm Dan Vadabunker. I'm Kenton Larson. Don't let the door or the force hit you on the ass.